welcome, and we appreciate you helping us digest and understand this. Well, thanks for having me. It's a it's a sports law nerd's dream uh, this <laughs> month right now to have a Supreme Court case and, of course, the NIL stuff happening, too. So uh, I appreciate the chance to come on and talk about it. And tell everybody right off the top, sports law is kind of – that's your niche, isn't it? I mean, it, it, that area and those subjects uh, really yeah. get you going. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I teach it over at the grad school at Baylor still um, and happy to do that again after a, a year off for the pandemic. Uh, adjuncts were not uh, – uh, we weren't doing that, so I'm excited to be back teaching this fall. And now to have a bunch of material, now i got to take the, the textbooks won't have any of this in it. So wow. I'll be recreating some bunch of stuff, so it's exciting. That's great. All right, in, in simplest terms or as simple as you, you want to make it, uh, what, what is the Supreme Court ruling? How does that affect colleges? How is that a benefit to student-athletes? Yeah, I mean, there's really, I I, kind of take away three things from this opinion. Um, The first is sort of the narrow ruling on the merits and on the particular issue of these non or I'm sorry, these educational related benefits, which is what the court was looking at specifically and, and only looking at that, um, which are the things like graduate scholarships and tutoring and instruments and computers, things that right now are prohibited by NCA rules that uh, are now uh, no longer uh, able to do that. Because this was a nine nothing decision, a mm-hmm. uh, unanimous decision from this court. And um, so th- that was really practically what was at issue. So now, uh, you know, whether schools or conferences decide to create policies or start offering those benefits, I think we'll see some of those similar patterns that we saw when the cost of attendance happened mm-hmm. a few mm-hmm. years ago. And schools sort of one by one and conferences one by one start, are we going to do full cost of attendance or how much? And I think we'll see a lot of that as it pertains to these educationally re- related benefits. Um, the, so that's kind of the narrow scope. The, the bigger picture and what I think is more, you know, forward looking, more important, honestly, is what it means for other compensation restrictions that the NCA has on the books. Because for 45 years, basically, or I'm sorry, 37 since the last Supreme Court case that we had on this, uh, we have basically been listening to the NCA argue over and over again that it is not even subject to antitrust law, Mm -hmm. that it should be carved out because it's an educational thing, it's not commercial. Any, it's hard to like think about that anymore, being not commercial, but that's what they've been arguing. And this court, Supreme Court makes it clear here that, no, y- you are a subject to antitrust law and that um, we are going to apply the same test to you that we apply to every other industry and trade organization. And uh, so it was very easy for this court to knock down those uh, restrictions uh, using those tests. And so the question is, going forward, uh, what does that mean if for the next plaintiff group that lines up and says, okay, we want to bring up, you know, a straight up uh, salaries and that kind of stuff. How is that going to survive? And um, so that's where we got into a lot of, I think what people caught on was the uh, Justice Kavanaugh concurrence, which was a pretty spicy uh, uh, <laughs> concurrence, uh, which we can talk about, um, but where it made clear where he stood. Um, and uh, so I think that's what's going to be interesting moving forward. Gotcha. You mentioned, one thing you mentioned in there was the last time the Supreme Court uh, gave Gave an opinion in this area was that the uh, the uh, TV football ruling it was. Uh, University of Oklahoma when was that 1984 yes. so okay. at that time people may remember uh, back then uh, that the NCA controlled the television distribution yeah. it wasn't the conferences independently negotiating with networks the NCA controlled it and they restricted it so there yeah. were just certain games and certain teams that, and and not from like a, a necessarily nefarious point but they were really trying to make sure that um, you know certain schools uh, had access to television and they were trying to 
protect attendance at home games right. and things like that for people. And so those are some, but but that's the last time we had a Supreme Court case unless they lost, the NCAA lost that um, case. But there was some language that Justice Stevens had put in that opinion um, that this court addressed and says that was um, sort of essentially on the side. It wasn't part of the opinion. It was oh, okay. uh, it doesn't apply, which sort of gave deference to the NCAA's ability to make rules that it needed to to kind of uh, protect college athletics and that kind of thing. Um, NCAA has hung tight to that <laughs> sentence for years. That one sentence, that, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and this court just calls it out as dicta, which means basically non-applicable to huh. other things. So um, so that's gone. So they don't have that anymore. And, and that's kind of... And, but, you know, think about the Ninth Circuit Court, which uh, was the last court that heard the O'Bannon case because yeah. that didn't make it to the Supreme Court. Yeah. That's the thing we have to remember is the Supreme Court only takes so few cases and 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 just in general. And then when you get it into the sports world and the college sports world, you just don't see it that often. And so, uh, the, you know, we're not guaranteed to see another one for another 40 years. Uh, and so this case is going to be important because it's going to be how all the lower courts treat these cases as they come forward again. And so, uh, and we're going to see more. I mean, I, I can only imagine the plaintiff's lawyers are, are uh, getting the next group together. Yeah. I mean, that, after this case, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, answer is this, uh, and I think I'm correct in saying this, the NIL, the uh, name, image, and likeness has been front page news for a while now. Yeah. That is is related, but not really uh, a part of this ruling. Is that correct? Right. So in, in, in this ruling, we were, uh, you know, really addressing those educationally related benefits. It was not about NIL, uh, but it does matter. And I think what we were, we were talking earlier that the, uh, the NCAA Division One Council is meeting today and tomorrow to try to figure out what they're going to do on uh, NIL as uh, six states starting July 1st, including yeah. Texas, are going to uh, permit those. Um, and uh, But that, that group was wanting to see this opinion, to, to see how it would apply or if it would apply um, and how it might you know impact what kind of NIL policy they put forward. Uh, so it definitely matters, um, but they really are separate um, and just looking at them, you know, for what they are. Daniel, obviously, like the Supreme Court can be pretty divided. So how rare is it to get a, a nine nothing decision like this? And could you get a feel for what was really so overwhelming about the case? Yeah, good question. Um, you know, it's funny. There's more unanimous opinions than you would think, um, and the reason why you don't hear about them is because they're not—they're boring, really newsworthy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and everyone gets fired up over the you know five-four decisions and that kind of thing. Um, and uh, but honestly, there are a lot of cases that go up and that wind up being nine-zero and eight-one and seven-two even. And so it's not that unusual for there to be a, a unanimous opinion. Um, and uh, I think even people that listened to the arguments uh, when they argued this case before the Supreme Court got a fairly decent sense that, that there weren't many friendly faces in that uh, bench uh, for the NCAA's case. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think it's uh, it's not uncommon for it to be this way. It's also um, you know uh, not uncommon to see uh, a concurring opinion like we had here uh, with with Justice Kavanaugh. Um, and uh, so, yeah. Uh, you know, just one of those deals where we don't hear about them that often. Um, and, uh, but, you know, we got one here. Daniel here, our guest. Sports law is his, uh, is his area of expertise. How much is this ruling a, an, a, another body blow to the NCAA? 
I, I think it's huge, honestly, uh, because when you and, and I think Justice Kavanaugh's concurrence really kind of sets the stage for what comes next. And I think, you know, he talks about how uh, I just I'll just quote him. I mean, he says uh, the reason why he wrote it, I add this concurring opinion to underscore that the NCAA's remaining compensation rules also raise serious questions under antitrust law. And, and he goes through that um, and that there are serious questions as whether the remaining compensation rules, that'd be everything. I mean, wow. that's the, yeah. everything could pass muster under this test that we just oh, used. Gosh. So when you read that um, and, and then you read uh, him talk about uh, this was the other piece that I really thought was was helpful and, and made sense uh, for people. You know, the NCA for all these years have really been arguing amateurism is the core reason why the, they have the product that they have. It's what separates college athletics from professional athletics, right. the fact that the athletes aren't paid. Well, um, what he says here is, you know, okay, but you can't make uh, a, an illegal price fixing a, a, the premium part of your product and use that then to defend against the price fixing. <laughs> so he goes through this whole thing about how it's, he's, it's a circular logic. He's, you can't, you know, uh, he says, uh, hospitals can't agree to cap nurses' income in order to create a purer form of helping. <laughs> Uh, news organizations cannot join forces to curtail pay to reporters in order to preserve a tradition of public-minded journalism. <laughs> you know, all these industries, in any other industry, he says, this would be a straight-up, any all these compensation sure, sure. Uh, li limitations would be a complete, you know, uh, uh, an easy call for them. So I think this really does, you know, put the NCAA in the crosshairs for all of their compensation, um, you know, restrictions. And, uh, you know, it's not that they can't figure it out, but they just have shown no ability to figure the, I mean, we've had the NIL stuff since O'Bannon and they've had time, they've had years as these state laws have come in and they were up a week, a week out and we still don't have anything. And yeah. so it's just, it's for whatever reason, they have not been able to address these things. And so I imagine it'll be the, another court case that, that gets us there. Cause wow. we're just haven't not seeing them move on it. So what's going on right now in the hallowed halls of the NCAA and in uh, meeting rooms at, at schools like Baylor around the country? I mean, how, how are schools and the NCAA preparing for what's next? Yeah, I... Uh my guess would be right now from a school standpoint, and obviously as a former athletic director, if I'm sitting, you know, in a university right now, an athletic department, um, I'm probably mostly focused on the NIL piece because that's what, uh, especially if I'm in one of these six states, if right. I'm here in Texas and, and, you know, the opportunity is going to become available for our student athletes uh, to take advantage of these things, um, you know, that's going to be my focus, you know, uh, for sure. Um, the result of this Supreme Court case the educational really benefits. That's something that we will. Pro I would probably say, okay, let's start looking at this and create a plan for how we want to budget this out and what do we want to start providing and that kind of thing. But that's a little bit of a bigger picture project, I would think, uh, and a longer timeline than the NIL stuff because athletes are going to want you know that access immediately. Yeah. I, I mean, and so I mean, you saw schools as soon as Governor Abbott signed that into law. I mean, there were schools promoting what all they were doing to prepare for that and to start <laughs> equipping and training, you know, and, and providing the resources to the athletes to get the representation that they would need and the education they would need and all of those things. Uh, and so I think that's what's still really at top of mind for the, the individual campuses and the schools and the administrators. Um, but uh, and, and even with the NCAA, too, because of this looming deadline of July 1st, uh, you know, but uh, beyond that, I mean, yeah, I, I, I would imagine within the next few months you'll have a new case that starts the, the ball rolling on the yeah. next one of these uh, yeah. uh, compensation restrictions, and, and that'll 
be a whole new thing. Wow. Interesting. Well, you've done a very good job explaining it. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah. It is very complicated. Anything else we need to know or keep in mind? You know, if this comes up at a <laughs> dinner conversation, <laughs> help us know anything else that maybe we need to know as part of that discussion. Yeah, I mean, I think the one thing that, that we didn't get here because, you know, the, the, the athletes uh, at the trial court level uh, didn't win on the other compensation. I mean, they went for it all at the trial court level, but they didn't win there on just kind of pay for play. Okay. Um, but they chose strategically not to appeal that to the Supreme Court. They wanted a very clean, uh, specific ruling from the court on these other things where I thought they had they thought they had a really good chance of probably okay. getting this kind of 9-0 opinion yeah, yeah. and get all these words on paper that – other courts now are going to use for the next case. So, um, you know, it's, it's, I think that's one of the things to, to remember. And that's why we didn't have more here in this, in this opinion. Um, but, uh, you know, moving forward, I think it's just going to be looking at, uh, can the NCAA adapt and figure out how to come together on some kind of, you know, complete compensation plan, um, including NIL, but including other things as well. Um, and, uh, you know, if not, I think we're going to be right back here <laughs> yeah. doing it again. And will this be a strain on uh, budgets for athletic departments? I mean, we're coming out of COVID and all the added expense there with testing and everything. Is this going to be another, uh, you know, line item in budgets now for schools? Yeah, and that's where I, I think earlier when we were talking and I was mentioning how, you know, doing the like uh, planning around the educational related benefits, some of those graduate scholarships and tutoring and some of those things that uh, that those are going to be on the budgets. And so those are going to take some planning to figure out, OK, yeah. you know, how much can we provide? Where's that money coming from? And all that. Um, but when it comes to the NIL piece, uh, that, you know, obviously is coming from third parties. That's and true. So yeah. those, those yeah. wouldn't be impacting the budget. But I, I think the other thing too, that, um, that Justice Kavanaugh talked about in his concurrence, um, you know, he, he talks about how, look, this is going to raise issues uh, over over time, especially if we start striking down these other compensation limits around uh, Title IX and around how it impacts the other sports that don't bring in the revenue and how you divvy those things up. And, and, there, and he basically says, yeah, that's true. Um, it doesn't make the current scheme any less yeah. le any right. more legal <laughs> so <laughs> right. you know it's, it is what it is so we're gonna have to figure it out um which is why i think that uh the ncaa and president mark emmer there was trying and has been trying to get some type of federal legislation through congress um that could provide some antitrust protection at least on some of these areas while they can come up with a plan that you know starts to share some of that revenue more with the athletes um, through NIL and maybe other things um, they've just not been able to get that done and and I mean you know I think the the lead senator on the committee for that has uh, has already said they can't get it done by July 1st and yeah. they're going to try to get it done before the fall recess before Labor Day but uh, whether or the August recess I suppose uh, but whether they can get that done or not, it's hard to say. Yeah. Um, you know, I watched some of the student athletes uh, testifying before that committee uh, a week or so ago, and um, and I thought all of them did a really great job. And but it's obvious that a lot of the senators are you know are, are just so unfamiliar <laughs> with all sure. these issues. Oh, I'm sure. Which you know, they deal with such breadth of issues. Like yeah. it's, you, you can't really expect <laughs> much. But um, but still, it was just interesting to watch. So it, it's not surprising to me that it's going to take them a while yeah. to come up with what a federal piece of legislation might look like to cover all of this. Um, but but it looks like that's the direction the NCA is trying to go. Um, we'll see if they're able to get it done. 
Fascinating. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah. Great job explaining that. Really helps uh, to understand what's going on. We'll have you back at some point, you know, as things continue to move. But uh, sure. thanks for being with us today. Thanks so much for having me. It's All been right. great to be back. All right. At Daniel Hare on Twitter. That's H-A-R-E. You can follow him. And is uh, uh, a podcast. Do you still have a podcast going? I podcast. I'm not sure anybody would want to listen okay. at this point. Okay. It's not sports related. So <laughs> not it's for sports the lawyers. related. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, uh, Dan is a good follow, and uh, you can tell he is very knowledgeable in this area of law and sports, and great to have on with us. Let's take a break. We'll be back with more in just a moment. John Morris, Stephen Simcox here on ESPN and Fox Sports Central Texas. 